0: This week, uh, Torah and Tea, it is uh, the portion of Tassariah. It is also the portion of HaKhoydash. So as we've been speaking about, that in several weeks... in addition to to uh, the regular parsha that we read. What it is 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 that we read, we take out two Sefer Torah. On a normal week, you read the seven aliyos, you go through the Torah. So the portion of the week, so let's say this week is Tazria. So you would go through the entire portion by dividing it up into seven parts so each aliyah is one part of the sedra then you do a repetition a small portion at the end of the Torah which is called the Maftir so that's a reread of the last piece of the Torah that's the Maftir. I'm not gonna go into the explanation why it's done that way but that's the way it's done You cover the entire Torah, you read, and you say a half a Kaddish. And after the half a Kaddish, you read again, a repeat, a little bit of the end. But when there's another Parsha, like this week, where we're also going to be reading the Parsha's HaChodesh. So instead of rereading for the eighth Aliyah, rereading a portion of the end, we're going to read a new portion. We're going to do the portion of Hachodesh. In the next Sikha, we'll talk a little bit about more about that. Hachodesh basically is the parsha in the uh, Bo, in, in, in the book of Shemois. In the portion of Bo, that is in which Hashem is preparing the Jewish people for the miracle of Pesach to come. He's instructing them to tie the sheep by the bed and they should hold it for the inspection for the five days and then they shechted, it, they slaughter it on the 14th on Erev Pesach. They eat the meat of the Korban Pesach on the night of Pesach, on the Seder night, that's the night of the 15th. So all of the laws about what's going to take place, how... Hashem is going to punish the firstborn Egyptians, who are gonna die. He's going to uh jump over the uh Jewish homes, the homes where there is Jewish Bukhoros. So that was a great miracle, and all the preparation and the laws of Pesach are in the in that portion. Why why are we reading that? Because Actually, the miracle started already from the beginning of the month, getting excited about the month as it's as recorded that the firstborn of the Egyptians, when they saw that the Jewish people were tying the uh, sheep to the bed, and they're doing all these uh, kinds of... Strange things, and they came to ask them. He says, "Why are you doing all these things?" And then the Jewish people told them that Hashem is going to kill all the very firstborn, the firstborn of the Egyptians. And so they got worried, scared. So they went to their fathers. They said, "We don't want to die. Let the Jewish people go." And their parents said no. So there was a big fight that took place amongst the Egyptians, the firstborn, with their parents. So the miracles already starting from Achodesh Hazeh, Hashem started already to bring them into the final stage of Exodus of Egypt, which was going to take place really uh, a week, two weeks, uh, two weeks later. Because uh, this was on Rosh Chodesh, and Pesach is on the 15th. That's when the firstborn actually died, and the preparation. So we read it all in preparation. So that's the Parshish So this week, we'll take out two Torahs. We'll take out in one Torah, we'll read seven alias in the section of Tazria, And then we'll read the portion of Achodesh Chodesh is a pretty sizable, uh, you know, Aliyah itself. It has uh, many Psukim over there, and that basically tells us the commands of Hashem how to celebrate Pesach, and we read that on Rosh Chodesh or the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh. As I mentioned also previously, that this Shabbos also is going to be Rosh Chodesh if. Last week, if you uh, participated in the shul or you did it on your own, uh, there was Shabbos Mevorchim. We blessed the new month. When is the new month? The new month is on Shabbos this year. So therefore, on this month, we have... This Shabbos, we have three Torahs. So we have Tazriah, and we have Achodesh, and we also have the... Uh, reading of Rosh Chodesh. So how are we going to divide that? So before I said, if we only had uh, two Torahs, we would read seven aliyahs of the Parsha, and then that extra Parsha would get the uh, eighth aliyah, we would just read the other Parsha. So same thing would be true if it was just Chodesh or if it's just Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So instead of rereading the eighth part, the maftir, from what we already read, we would read the new part. What do we do today, uh, when we have all three together? So we take out three Torahs. The first one we'll read Tazria. In the second one we will read the Parshas Uh I take that back. In the second one we'll read uh, Rosh Chodesh. And finally, in the last one, we'll read the portion of Achodish. Why in this order? Why in this order? Because we have a rule that whatever is more constant, we do first. Todir koidem, which means if something is more regular, that comes first. So, of course, the weekly portion that comes first. Because every week we read from the Torah. This is like our regular thing. We do week after week after week we read in the Torah. So that's the most regular. So that's what we take out first. We're going to read from the Torah like we do every week. Every, every that takes precedent. That's the most, cost, the most constant that we do all the time. After that, we have Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh comes 12 times a year. And within it also, that's also more regular, which means every month we read. So as soon as we take care of, we read the Parsha of the weekly, we're going to do the Parsha of the month. After we do the Parsha of the month, uh, we're going to go to the Parsha Zachodesh. Parsha Zachodesh is the least comment because we only read it once a year. Now, You read that portion when you read the Torah in Parshas Bo, but that's not a special set-up portion of HaKodesh. That's why the order will be. So how are we going to divide up the aliyahs? How are we going to read from the Torah? The way we're going to do it is like this. When we come to the sixth aliyah, we're going to go the sixth aliyah, we're going to do all the ways from the sixth aliyah till the end. So we're going to take from the first Torah, we're going to read six portions. Usually there are seven. We're only going to do six. So when we come to Shishi, the sixth Aliyah, we're going to go all the way to the end. To the end. When we finish that, we're still not going to say Kaddish because we're still in the middle of the seven Aliyahs. Now on Shabbos, we always have seven Aliyahs. You see, there's the difference. During the weekday, when we read from the Torah, we only have three aliyas. Okay? Because weekdays, people are working, they're running, there's no time, so institute instituted to have only three aliyas. Shkodesh is sort of a semi-holiday, so over there we have four aliyas. Four people get called up to the Torah. On Yontev, which is a day of rest, people don't go to work, but you still can cook, you can do other things. Over there the rabbis instituted five aliyas. So again, three for a weekday, four for a Chodesh, and five for Yontav. Now, Yom Kippur is one step up, so over there we do six aliyas. And Shabbos is yet one more step up. Over oh, there we do seven aliyas. That's why I have seven aliyos every week. We have seven aliyas. One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, and seven. But on Shabbos, in addition to the seven aliyos, we have maftir. Also on Yom we have maftir. On Yom Kippur, we have maftir. Not on Rosh Kodesh. but we have the maftir. But so let's go back to what we were discussing. So how do we do it? So in the first Torah, we're going to be reading the entire portion of Tazria. When we get to Shishi, instead of making the break for Shvi, for the seventh Aliyah, we're going to go from Shishi all the way to the end of the Parsha. So we're going to complete Tazria. We're going to pick up that Torah, do Hagbah Galila, and we're going to put down the second Torah. In the second Torah, we're going to read from the portion of Rosh Chodesh. The section of Rosh Chodesh. In Bamidbor, in the parsha's pilchas. over there, the Torah discusses the special korbanot that you bring on Rosh Chodesh. And before the Parsha deals with the korbanot of Rosh Chodesh, it talks also about the korban of Shabbat. So since, after all, it is Shabbat, so we're going to start from the part where it says, ha-shabbos, we start about Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. That becomes the seventh Aliyah. That we do on Shabbos, so we do six in Tazria and the seventh Aliyah in the parsha for Rosh Chodesh. Now keep in mind, it is not a full Rosh Chodesh Torah reading. The full Rosh Chodesh Torah reading on a regular Rosh Chodesh, when it's not on Shabbos, starts with several verses before that. It actually starts with the Korban Tamid. It starts it goes earlier in the parsha and the reason is because we got to squeeze out four aliyot because like i said before rishonish you need four aliyot so we need to squeeze out four aliyot from this parsha every aliyah has to have at least three verses in it and we don't have enough verses so in order to do the verses of rishonish we got to go back a little bit so we go, we start earlier and over there, there's also, uh, I don't want to go get involved to all the various different uh, details over there. But the bottom line is that in the second Torah, we will start from Ubuyoim Hashabos and we'll do the Rosh Chodesh part, and that would be the seventh Aliyah. But the seventh Aliyah is from the second Torah, okay? And then we'll pick up the second Torah, we'll say Kaddish. Between. And then we'll do the Maftir. We'll do in the third Sefer Torah, which we will read the portion of HaKhodes, not to confuse with Rosh Chodesh. That's talking about Rosh Chodesh At the beginning of it, this is talking about HaKhodes, about the month, the month of Nisan, which we're approaching. Now, the portion of HaKhodes would either be read on the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh, if Rosh Chodesh wasn't a weekday. Or on the Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, if the Shabbos itself is Rosh Chodesh. This year being that all these three things come together, which is again, Tazria, Rosh Chodesh, and HaChodesh. So we're going to take out three Torahs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read in the first one, we're going to do the Tazriah, and the second one, we're going to do Rosh Chodesh. This is going to so be eight, around. seven, six, and seven Rosh aliyah. Rosh. And then we're going to do in the Haftorah, the Maftir. It looks like, we're going to it looks do like the, it the older drawings. The last of aliyah. Aliyah. I just want to repeat and then we're going to uh, maybe make a little review. The one who gets the sixth aliyah is going to go from that point, from the 6th Aliyah, all the way to the end of the Torah. So when you're saying, are we ever going to do the 7th Aliyah? Yes, the 6th one is going to be doing six and seven. He's doing both of them. He's doing from the 6th going to the end. It's just the break that we're doing. We're not going to break for the Aliyah, for the 7th Aliyah, but the 6th one is going to go all the way to the end. So it's going to turn out that he's going to have the entire Aliyah, right? Makes sense? It makes sense, and it brings up the subject. One time I was in Shul, and I noticed that they skipped Aliyahs, and they jumped around, and I asked Rabbi Naftali uh, Minkowitz, uh, why is that? And he says, sometimes they do. I don't know if it's a Chabad thing or what. (laughs) But it isn't always in the same order, so it reminds me of the same. I'm not aware of a Torah reading, uh, (laughs) the actual Torah reading that, there should be a difference of Chabad or any other traditions. There is differences in the Haftorahs, yes, exactly where Haftorah, what to read, between Ashkenaz, Svarat, and Chabad. But the actual Torah reading, I am not quite uh, sure. The, the time that we jump around, uh, really, the one time that we jump around within the Torah, is in the Torah reading for a fast day. We don't jump around a lot, but we do jump around a little bit when it comes to a fast day. Um, The first Aliyah starts earlier, and then you break, and you jump over to the next piece. Uh, Other than that, I'm just trying to remember offhand. There isn't any other or many others in which we would actually uh, jump over, um, but I, I guess I use the wrong word—not jump over, but you know, the, you still read the whole Torah, uh, you know, the whole parsha, except it was broken up differently different. than the yeah, actual leaves. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant yeah. to say. Uh, you do have, though, just so just so you know, there is sometimes a little difference. I don't know if it's necessarily chabad or not chabad, but there is different sometimes how to split up exactly where to put Rishon, where to put Shani, where to put Shlishi. There are some instances, it's not, not that many, but there are some instances in where there would be a little bit of a difference. Yes, you would notice, you would see that, like it says, and that's why some people that would be reading in the Chumash, uh, they would see, maybe you're referring to that, maybe you're reading Shabbos in the Shul, and in your Chumash, it says, well, you're supposed to start over here and you start a little different. So that would be a different tradition. Again, a Chabad would follow one tradition, but I don't know per se it's Chabad, but there is various different places to stop and, and that's the way we do it in the Chabad as well. But uh, the bottom line is we have these three Torahs, uh, which is a big simchal because three is a very strong number, right? It represents all sides, the chesed, gvura, tiferis, it has a, the number three is always considered stability, that when you do something three times, it sort of gives it uh, strength, and uh, doing a Torah three times is, there's only, um, there's only one time of the year that it happens every year, which is when? Anybody want to guess that it has? Chanukah doesn't have to happen. Chanukah Shabbos Rishchodesh. Chanukah Shabbos is It could happen. That's a very good answer. And Chanukah Shabbos Rishchodesh. The Rebbezin is saying. So then, if you know, Chanukah starts at the end of the month at the twenty fifth, right? So if that Shabbos of Chanukah happens to be. Uh, Rosh Chodesh, so you'll have the reading in the Torah, we'll read from all three things, we'll read the Shabbos portion, we'll read Rosh Chodesh portion, and we'll read the Hanukkah portion. Uh, the, that, But that doesn't have to be every year, every year. Some years yes, some years no. If there's no Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh could potentially not be in Shabbos, then you're not going to have three Sefer Torahs. When do we have every year three Sefer Torahs? Of course, I'm talking about Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah. Because Simchat Torah, you need to read from the end of the Torah, which would be Vezot uh, Habracha. That's the last portion in uh, Devarim. That's the end of the Torah. And then you also want to start in the beginning of the Torah. So, now... Uh, somebody may consider that's not really an interruption. You're going, you're making a circle because we know in uh, Judaism, whenever you finish something, you always start over again. You never finish complete. That's why uh, we say it in the uh, blessings before we announce the person getting the last Aliyah, uh, getting the, the first Aliyah. We say that we're starting over again. You know, you never finish. You still, so one can argue basically it's not uh, a different section. It's really the same section. We're just going on. It's a circle. So after you finish the end, you're just circling around to the beginning. But that would be a big job if you had to go ahead and roll the Torah all the ways from the end, all the ways to the beginning. So the easier way to do it without causing, and by the way, without causing too much uh, trouble for the people listening, uh, Shulchan Aruch is very concerned. You know, you find it's very amazing that the Shulchan Aruch takes into consideration not to trouble the people more than necessary. This is one of the reasons why we take out another Torah. Okay, we just explained the reasons for why we read the different parts of it. But why do we have to change Torahs? Why can't we just roll the Torah to the right place? Matter of fact, if they only have one Torah, or if they have two Torahs in the shul or in the place where they're reading, they're going to have no choice. They're going to have to do that. They're going to have to roll it. But if you have more than one Torah, you have two or three or four Torahs, you have more. I mean, There is never that you have to use four Torahs, as far as I know. Only I don't wanna say you might have to use it. If one of them becomes disqualified, if you find something wrong, you have to take out another Torah. That would be uh unfortunate. But we're talking about uh reading directly. There's no there's never more than three Torahs is the maximum. Uh Simcha Torah, we take out all the Torahs we have, we dance with them. But we're talking about to read from the Torah is the maximum is three. So it would be a big job, uh to go from the end of the Torah to the beginning of the Torah. But not only that, any time we read in two different portions, and even when they're pretty close, you know, it's interesting, like last week, uh, like this week, we're doing Tazriah is in the middle of the book of Ayikra. The Chodesh in middle is in the beginning of the Parsh's Bo in Shmois. So there's a... Uh, some space between them but uh, actually also uh, last week um, Shmini and Chukas uh, uh, which is the uh, Parshas Spara is also there is a whole book in between but uh, sometimes it's not so much space in between like the Parshat Shkalim for example is a lot of times it's right, it's in the uh, Parsha of Kisisa, and it's right around the time when we read the other Parsha over there, and yet we take out two Sefer Torahs, even though it wouldn't be that far away, uh, Kisisa, from the Parsha that you read then. But still, we always take out two Sefer Torahs. But just to see how the uh, rabbis, and uh, when they instituted, they were very concerned to make sure not to inconvenience people beyond what's necessary, so they say it better take out a Torah, and inconvenience the Torah than inconvenience the people, so just to make the people not have to wait while you're rolling the Torah from one end to the other end, just take out a second Sefer Torah, I mean it's important lesson for the rabbi not to keep the people uh, waiting too long, sitting through his boring speeches. Now, <laughs> because if uh, uh, if if the rabbis were concerned about not troubling the people, and by instituting what you read from the Torah, that it shouldn't have to roll in between. So, if to take that in consideration, no, no, that's just a joke, but. The the point here is it's very important to uh, make sure that the people are comfortable. That's something which is uh, which is important. So in any event, okay, we got carried away here. So we're talking about the third Torah and Simchat Torah would be for Rosh Kodesh then. What? I'm sorry. You were saying there were three Torahs. No, no, no. no. Sorry, oh, I didn't finish. Sorry. Good. Thank you for. My chain of thought, I got carried away. No, the third one would be the Maftir. The Mm -hmm. Maftir, the Haftorah. The Mm -hmm. would be for that week would be the Maftir. Mm -hmm. Uh, On every Yontav, on every Yontav, we also do... Okay, so you asked that question, so, you know, all we have to address this, so, just so we get these things clear. I said before... On Shabbat we have seven aliyot. Right? A regular Shabbat. Forget about it. We have seven aliyot. Right? And then we covered the entire portion. What happened was there was a time that the Jewish people were not allowed by the uh, goyim, by the enemies, by those they lived there. They didn't let them read from the Torah. So what were they to do? They couldn't, you know, it was dangerous. It was uh, uh, prohibited. So they couldn't read from the Torah. So what did they do? So the Jewish people at the time, they took from the prophet something which has an association to the topic of the parsha, and they read from the prophet. I guess the prophets wasn't prohibited. They didn't let them read from the Torah. So they read from the prophet instead of the Torah. After Baruch Hashem, that... Which, by the way, we have so much stories. And I mean, in Israel also, there was a terrible tragedy again. There was another attack of these ter- terrorists. So let's pray for the souls and learn and the merit and the benefit of those innocent lives that were so brutally taken in this latest terrorist attack this week. We had already... The third one is so... Um, unearthing you know we were hoping that things are getting a little quieter a little better and this is we're dealing with the really murderous terrorists, you know and so, um, so anyways um so at that time after the time that they no longer um uh, disallowed them uh, they, they allowed them to read from back from the torah they didn't want us that well we were reading all the, every week we were reading from the prophet right now all of a sudden we're gonna neglect the prophet. No, we don't. We, we want to continue reading the prophet, but yet we have to make a distinction between the Torah and the prophet because the Torah was instituted by Moshe Rabenu. Moshe Rabbeinu instituted to read from the Torah. Uh, so this was instituted later on because of the circumstances. They were not able to read, so they read the uh, the prophets instead. Well, they didn't want to give it up, but they needed to make a distinction. So that's why we read the Torah and we say Kaddish to interrupt. And then we honor somebody, so to call with the eighth Aliyah, right? Eighth Aliyah. Now, imagine seven people in the shul are going to get an Aliyah which has a Torah portion. And the eighth person is going to get after a Prophet is gonna feel like he's not equal to all the other Aliyahs. But yet this is extra, so we don't we can't make this part of the seven because so they found a compromise and they said, you know what? The eighth aliyah, the maftir, we're gonna give the prophet, we're gonna give him a little part of the Torah too. So after we finish the whole Torah, we're gonna to reread a piece. And that's how we get every Shabbat. We get the Haftorah. We give him a little bit of a piece of the Torah. It's already been read, but at least he won't feel, oh, I didn't get a Torah part. You get a part of the Torah too. It's a repetition, but it's still a Torah part. That's sort of a a compromise, you know, to give him a little bit. Now, on Shabbat, we don't have any other thing. What What other part... Of the Torah, we're going to give the uh, the eighth person. we are going to choose? Just throwing a, a part of the Torah. Well, we could bring down the korbanot, the musaf that we do on on, on Shabbat, you know, from the pesukim, from Parshas Pinchas. We can do about the, the, the special korbanot of the Shabbat. We can do that. But then it become real boring. You know, every week as it is, we have a difficult time keeping people's attention to listening to the Torah reading. Can you imagine if you read, read every week the same portion? So that's why the rabbi said, you know what? Just repeat the last few verses of the of the Torah, give it to the maftir, he'll be happy, and then he can read the Haftorah. Yeah, I know the reality now is most of the people, you know, don't, in the olden days, a lot of the people who got an aliyah. And maybe now the women won't feel bad because you have to know the Aliyah by heart. You had to prepare it. Today, they just, the the, Balkriya, the one who reads it out loud, he's the only one that has to prepare. The other guys just make the bracha and they read it along with him softly when he's doing the reading of the Torah. But in the olden days, the person, if you got an Aliyah, you had to read your portion. You didn't just get an Aliyah. The one who got the Aliyah Actually, read from the Torah, and if you didn't know you're getting an aliyah, you have to know the whole Torah just in case case they give me an aliyah. So you have to read it. So, you ever going to say something? Yeah. So, what is the maftir then for Simchat Torah? Hold on, I'm going to get to it. Always a long answer to these straight questions. I'm sorry. So, I I just explained to you now what happens on Shabbat. That Shabbat we had a problem. What to do with the extra Torah that we wanted to give to the one who's reading for the prophet? So we gave him a piece, a repeat of the chumash because there's nothing else to give him. And we didn't want to give the maftir like the part, the note because that'd be boring. We every week the same thing again, again, again. So we gave him the parsha repeat. However. Can you imagine? Every week you'd have to take out two Sefer that would have been uh, to read them. But on uh, Yontif, every Yantav, the have Torah. Same story like it was with the Torah reading. They didn't allow the yid to read the Torah, not on Shabbos and also not on Yontif. So on Yontif, what did they do when they didn't let him read? They used to take from the uh, prophets, something which relates to that Yantav. So after we were allowed, we still wanted to keep that. So, and then you wanted to keep the regular leaves from the yontav. I said before, there's five leaves of the Yantav, and every Yantav we read of the Torah describing the Yantav, whether about Pesach or about circus and so on, about the holidays, the Shol Shogolim, So we have in the Torah. But then for Maftir, we always read those verses in the portion of Pinchas which talk about the Korbanot that were brought on that particular uh, Yom Tev. So, therefore, on, Parshish, on, 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 on Pesach, we read about the Korbanot for Pesach and the parshas Pinchas. Uh, so, the same thing is a Simcha Torah and The maftir will be. The Korbanot from the portion of Pinchas, the Korbanot, that is always read the Maftir. So again, on Shabbat, the Maftir is a reread of the last few psukim. On Yom Tov, the Maftir, we read the special Musaf Korbanot that were brought on that holiday. The Musaf Korbanot means the additional Korbanot that we brought more than the usual carbon Okay? So that is the Musa. Okay, so we went away in totally different discussion. I didn't want to bring out one or maybe one or two points because I also have to uh get people for the minion. I didn't do that yet today. I have to get them for the minion so I gotta finish in about five minutes. So I just want to give you over uh just a small piece over here. Uh, Of course, this Parsha talks about a woman giving birth and about the various uh, bodily uh, tumor impurity after birth until before they can eat holy foods and uh, uh, and all the details. But it also talks about a Brit Milah when she gives birth to a male uh, at the eighth day. We do a, a circumcision. And um, and there's various different karbonot that you bring in association with uh, with with birth and uh, and things like that. And, and that. and now there's an interesting parable brought down. There's a mishnah which talks about the karbonot that a woman brings. You know, sometimes they uh, a, a woman who can afford more. Will bring an animal for a korban. A woman that can afford less will bring two birds for a korban. The birds that are kosher are either pigeons or doves, turtle doves or pigeons. Um, and you bring a set. It's called a cane. And here we got the name kinnim. A cane is a set of uh, a set of birds. One is brought as a burnt offering which is, goes on the Mizbech totally the other one becomes a khatat. and then the Mishnah talks about there was a lot of confusion you know you have to the one is done on the top while you're standing on the Mizbech one is done on the bottom what if you made a mistake you don't know what you brought you made an extra uh, note and the coin mixed up anyways it turns out from it's a real confusing Mishnah because it was a confusing case. You can't determine what you did. Did you do it right? Did you do it wrong? How wrong? It totally turns out that instead of bringing two, she'll end up bringing eight carbonate because of all the confusions. So there's an interesting parable over there which has a very strong message. Uh, says Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says, look, he brings a, an example that, you know, there's a saying goes, when you're alive, you have one voice. But when you're dead, you have seven voices. Basically, what we're trying to say here, when you're alive, it seems like you're in a much better state. But then you only got one voice. But when you die, you actually have more than one voice. You got seven voices. Equals eight, one and seven, just like the seven... Corbanot over there that we were talking about before. How so? How do we have them? So you have a cow. So the cow makes makes one sound from the mouth. It doesn't make any other sounds. That's the sound. But when the when the cow is dead, so then you have the two horns. Make a chauffeur from each one of the horns. So that's two sounds that you make of it. They'll become, or he says, shofar, he says, two trumpets you make from the uh, horn. You make two trumpets. And then you use the two thigh bones. They become two lyres. That's the instrument that is made from the bone of the thigh. They make a uh, the instrument called a, a lyre. What is it called? I don't know how to pronounce it even. A L-Y-R-E. Um, yeah, I think it's lyre. Lyre. I don't want to say liar because I, I, I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> and and then uh from the skin you make drums. Uh from the intestines, you make uh uh you make uh cymbals from the other intestines, you make harps. Anyways, it's all divided up, all the different parts of the animal. Are making now beautiful voice. So it turns out that while they were alive, it only had one voice, and now you have so many voices. Other people add. You also use the wool for the tzitzes, that the chalas. You need the wool of the uh, of the sheep. Okay. So tells us this follows the previous statement. Tells us that sometimes a mistake when you're not sure. So it. You end up doing more than less, like by the woman who only needed to bring two, one cane, and at the end she ends up bringing eight because of all the confusion that took place with her. And then there's another statement Rav Shiva Ben Akashia says. He says, The elders of the ignorant people, of the ordinary people, the older they get, the more, in Yiddish we say, they become a buckle Which means they get confused, they get senile, they get, they get weaker. Their mind is confused than them. Quotes from a verse. But the elders of Torah, it's not so. The older they get, their mind becomes more settled. And he brings another verse to prove that. Also, a similar idea, most of the time when you get older, there's the natural phenomenon that the body doesn't function anymore as well as it did before. So it seems like getting older should bring you down a level, just like the animal. When it's mace, all of a sudden it has all the different voices that it has. But the truth is that when it comes to the elders of the sages, to them it doesn't apply. They get stronger. The older they get, they get stronger as the Pasek And Rebbe brings us all out. Is how do we handle... Such a long, old. The elder is the Galut. We're here for so many years in the exile, and how do we able to hold out all the uh, lengthy And we're waiting for Mashiach. And Rabbi said the idea is over here that the more, the longer we had to wait for it, it means that there has been an additional level in the recognition, in the Chokhmah, in the recognition of Hashem as the Rabbi. Uh, explains over there at length. I just wanted to mention before I go, that the other Sikh of the Rebbe, which we didn't get a chance to do, the Rebbe also talks about this connection between these two portions, because we read together, we talked a lot about the Parsha of Tazria, and we talked about the Hachodesh as a lachem, And basically, Tazria represents the hard work of the people. Hachodesh represents what Hashem gives you as a gift from above. How do we bring these two things together? They represent accepting Hashem's yoke, accept working with your intellect, Those are the and the miracles, and the natural, and how everything is tied together, but we'll have to leave that for another time. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. I wish everybody a good week, and hopefully next week we'll have more time, we'll continue. Bezrat Hashem, uh, the class over there. Okay, thank you.